Hello everybody out there in internet land. Welcome to another recording of Doctrine and Doxology where we try to highlight Christian doctrines and maybe do so in a way that leads us to the worship and adoration of God. I am still, as far as I know, Skylar Spradlin. Now, you look like Skylar, so and you, I would assume you are, unless you're one of those artificial intelligent people. You, This could be a dream. How do you know it it's real? Be. Well, I think I'm awake. I drove the car. I better be awake. I am Larry Jones, by the way. And he can drive a car. And I'm glad to be and here. And he's always glad to be here. I'm so glad to be here. That's how people know that this is real, because you say that. So glad. I'm so glad to be here. Could be a recording, you know, keep running it through. Uh, sometimes it feels that way. Sometimes well, it just feels routine. Not the topics we cover, but anyways, anyways. Anyway, it's good to be here. I'm uh, I'm glad we have people that actually listen to us. Sometimes I would don't know why I, I realize insignificant uh, sinners like you and me that people would actually listen to us that's pretty cool well I'll just let you ponder on that I'm pondering yes we last time last two times have covered means of grace yes we and have. I think we yes, we, we looked more at it from a corporate kind of church-wide standpoint means of grace within the church that is correct uh today we're moving into the ordinances of the church like okay right sure ordinance it is an ordinance yes i um thought about this last night because you told me what we were talking about last night good or you maybe should, it was this morning prepare a little bit before you come well i was thinking we've covered this no doubt. We've actually had episodes on it before, but I think we've also covered it just little snippets here and there, just little right pins every, everywhere. That's okay. It is? It's okay. We can cover things twice. Well, otherwise... Well, you'd have to send them back into the archives, you know. They are buried deep in the archives. Okay. Some of the archives... Years ago. ...disappeared. Yeah, but I think they were stored on a computer that went up in smoke, so to speak. Yeah, the whole building burned, but I think they're still out there. I think oh, some okay. of them are saved um, in podcast land. Okay. Because they were uploaded to that. Okay. Well, maybe so. Anyway, we're going to do it again, aren't we? Well, I guess. I, I hope so. I studied it a little bit. That's what you said we're doing, and you're in charge. I'm just following the guideline of the book that I opened, and it happens to be next. We're coming to the end of that book, and we're going to have to do another one. We, we can do that. We can't? We can do that, yeah. Well, that yeah, that one's kind of... There are other topics that we can address from other books. Well, you know, we used to answer questions. Yeah. That was kind of fun. I enjoyed that. I don't have a way to collect all those questions anymore. I'll ask you a few. <laughs> well, maybe that's what we do. Okay. But anyway, today's subject and topic is baptism. Disclaimer here, or maybe point of clarification, 
we're Baptists. Yes, we are. So we're going to talk about baptism from a Baptist point of view. Yes. Yeah. I. That's what we I believe. I, I was reading in the book, and it explains a lot of other types of denominations and how they believe baptism, but to me, that's a waste of my time. Well, I mean, it's not bad to know. You know it. And it's so not you, bad to know, but it's it's not something I want to study. Yeah, so we don't think sprinkling is the proper mode. We think immersion is the proper mode. That is correct. So that automatically eliminates us from a lot. Yes, it does. We're, we're eliminated from the Methodist circles, Lutheran circles, Presbyterian circles. Catholic circles. Catholic. We don't believe it saves you. No, it does Even doesn't. if it's done by immersion. So we're eliminated from the Church of Christ and the others. We also don't believe you baptize children. Yes, and that is true. that really sets us apart. It does, and a lot of people have that view, and I, okay. From the Baptist perspective, to say about that. we believe in what we call believer's baptism by immersion. Yeah, so one of the first questions was, who should be baptized? So you answered that. Yeah. Believers. Right. We don't think baptism points to a future thing. We think baptism points back to something Christ has done. Already done in our hearts. Yeah. And it's also symbolic. Yeah, but I we need to I think we need to explore that a little bit. Okay. But we're saying it symbolizes what's been done on the inside. Past yes. tense. Yes. Not present tense, not future tense. Yes, it is. So this is where we would disagree with our uh, Presbyterian brothers and sisters, who I would think, I would say I line up with on almost everything. Right. Except this. Okay. They see it in shorthand here. They see it as a sign of the new covenant. And just like the sign of the old covenant being circumcision, and you circumcised everybody, every right. male. Every, well, yeah, only the boys. Because they belong to the people of the covenant. They see that as being true in the new covenant in the church with infant baptism. So so the parents are Christians, the yep. people of the covenant. So children have the right to be baptized into that covenant. I understand. And they would still say they got to have faith and all that kind of stuff. And to my understanding, most of them wouldn't rebaptize them once they've got faith. But they're anticipating that this this sprinkling, this this baptism is a is gonna happen, spiritually speaking. Right. And uh and that's not what we believe. We believe no. that that this is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and it is displaying what has happened in our hearts we are we died of sin and just as we come out of the water we're raised to new life it's like a a driving commitment this is what i'm committed to do to serve god to love him worship him live for him yeah that kind of a thing it's a public proclamation of our profession 
of faith in Christ and what he's done inside our yes. souls. So we would look to a number of texts and we're really simplifying the, the discussion here. Presbyterians and others would also have their proof texts that they would want to look at. We okay. just don't find them compelling. So Baptists would look at, what is it? Is it Romans 6 or 5? Yes. You've been buried with Christ and raised to walk in newness of life. Yes. Uh, that, that's what we would picture baptism as. We would even look at the Great Commission. We go, therefore, and make disciples and then baptize them. Right, right. Uh, we would take that kind of sequentially there or chronologically. We also think that's the pattern we see in the New Testament, in Acts sure. particularly. People are repenting and expressing sorrow, remorse for their sin and faith in Christ and hope in Christ and then being baptized. Right, and it, is very, it was very significant for me. Well, I, I think it should be. I've went through an artificial salvation experience yeah uh, and was baptized immediately following mm-hmm. but a couple of years later i went through a real salvation experience okay but then it wasn't for another 10 years that as i devoted myself to live for the lord and and rededicated my life that's an old expression but yeah uh you may not like it, but <laughs> it explains what I did. Yeah. And it's a, a mode of the past. It's a mode of what churches used to do. Um, but it was a time when I just felt like I needed to get my life right with God because I was living on both sides of the fence. Yeah. And I and I needed to, uh, to I, I felt like God inspiring me to, <laughs> I don't know how to say what I want to say here. Led. He led me, convicted, convicted me to make a decision for him, yeah, and quit uh, living a sinful lifestyle. So when I after I did that and I started reading the Word, I started realizing that I was actually baptized before I was saved, and I was led to believe that that's wrong, that I needed to be rebaptized. So when I was baptized a second time, a flood of joy flowed from my heart yeah because you're publicly identifying as belonging to christ and his people yeah i studied up on the subject i read all the scriptures there was in the world of it about it and then when i first came when i came up out of the water i didn't realize i did it but people told me that i, I pumped my fist it's <laughs> like yeah i did it <laughs> yeah. yeah i think baptism in our context, has lost a lot of its punch. Yeah. We're talking like other parts of the world in, in the time of the apostles, the book of Acts. We're talking when you're baptized, you were publicly, voluntarily yes, marking yourself as a social outcast, as a weirdo, as a yeah. fanatic, as a... You know, whatever else you were, you were that would be persecuted. Yeah, opening the door to persecution. You were basically renouncing everything to publicly identify with Christ. Right. It's a big deal. Yes. And it's, for it's some, actually bigger then than it is now. But yeah, for some, it's still a big deal around the world. And you know, I would say even for some that are converted today, it doesn't open the door necessarily to persecution in our context. But there is a little bit of for some, uh, a little bit of struggle as they have to go back and tell their parents right. 
Right. The way that I was raised, I don't, or the profession I made first, I don't think is real, and I'm being right. baptized for and the first time. There's a lot of international students as well who, once they have believed in Christ and been baptized, they have to go back and tell their parents. Yeah. And that may be very difficult because they may be of a different religion. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have run into those, but I think on on average, on the, the ordinary individual that we encounter, uh, it doesn't carry that public marking like it, like it used to or is intended to. Yeah. yeah, I think we have to stress it more today in our context that, hey, you're publicly marking yourself. You're saying, look, whole, the whole world, look here. I'm, I belong to Jesus and his people. Yeah, it's, it's really such a joy also when, when we've, we've had some baptisms over the last uh, few months and years, uh, especially the last few months where the person shares his testimony or her testimony on how they came to Christ and how important Christ is in their life, and they're walking in obedience now by being baptized. Baptized, yeah. And it thrills my heart. It, you know, when people when someone comes up out of the tank, people are clapping, and and it's not put on clapping. They're they're, they're rejoicing. Re- joy, rejoicing, yes, because they're seeing what God has done in the heart. He's crucified the old self yeah and it almost reminds you of what happened in your life yeah absolutely every person should be thinking back to their baptism i have the coolest view when i baptize because i actually see somebody go under the water and it feels like a burial yeah and then i see them come up and the water's running off of them and it looks like a cleansing right and that's what it's supposed to do right here you know since our building burned down we're baptizing in a horse tank yeah it feels a lot like a coffin because of how narrow it yeah. is. But I have a friend in Wales, and I think I've told you this, who saw pictures of it, and he just said, that's the most American thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, he's he's Welsh. And yeah. so, uh, anyways, he thought we were using a used horse tank just from the farm That'd and, be all right. and baptizing yeah. people Wash in it. Out, you know. Well, he's now part of a church plant in Wales, yeah, and they're using a horse tank to baptize oh, people really? <laughs> in. Yeah, so be um, careful what you say because it could happen to you. Yeah, it makes me laugh. I think there's um, two things that we we need to talk about, and maybe one thing that we need to clarify. So we're kind of assuming people have an understanding of of baptism here. Okay, and and maybe we should clarify what we mean is getting in a in a tub of water or a body of water and yes. and sharing w- what we do share your testimony share your profession and being then submerged under that water and lifted up out of that water right and that is this public proclamation in front of witnesses that uh, i'm dead now to myself but i'm now also alive with jesus and i'm anticipating a future resurrection with jesus right well, I think the things we need to talk about right now is, number one, when and where do we get baptized? And number two, is there any spiritual things going on in baptism? Or is it purely physical, symbolic? 
Wow, that's a that's a pretty deep question. Is there anything spiritual going on? Okay, let's take the first one first. Okay, what's the first one? The second one threw me for a loop. When and where? So we've kind of done the the when after we're after born re- again after repentance. And where, in one sense, you can be anywhere: horse tank, a puddle of water. Yeah, I a, think of Philip and the eunuch. Yeah, you know, as they were driving along, there was a body of water. What I really mean by that question is, I'll just give you the answer. Okay. I see and believe baptism as a to be an ordinance of the church. So I think yes. it should be done in front of the church. Okay. I think the people of God, the body of Christ, needs to witness your public profession in baptism. So yeah. I d- I'm well, not... It, it also makes you accountable. Well, I'm basically saying I don't think it should be done... This is me. I don't think it should be done in you know, grandma's backyard in her swimming pool with just you and a few people, if you and a few family members. Okay. I don't think it should be done at church camp. I don't think it should be done whatever else willy nilly. I think the yeah, body of the people it. of Christ need to see it. Yeah. And witness it. And yeah, hold be a I mean it's an accountability, but it's also a, a demonstration of commitment. Well, it's a very serious thing. It's not something like you said, use the term willy-nilly. Willy-nilly, that's a technical term. I, I know some churches have had young people at Fall Street get saved and go down to the river and and baptize them there. Well, I, I do appreciate the quickness of that. Yeah. Because I also don't like to wait. Right. I don't like to have... I don't know, baptism Sunday kind of thing, and we wait and do everybody that one day. Yeah. I think the example, I'm I'm not going to die on that heel. I'm just saying I think oh, okay. the example yeah, is yeah. is more immediate than that. But I also think it, yeah, I also think it's supposed to be done in front of the church. Yeah. I've, I've got a picture at home of uh, my wife's grandfather and his child. Uh, he this child was like 17 but they were at a uh, a pond and the banks were covered with people yeah and they were they were baptizing and i would think that 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 can be pretty significant because that is the church there in front of them yeah and uh and if you have more than one person get saved and get his baptism that's awesome well i think there's also some other things at play there when you're baptized in front of the church or the congregation and they rejoice with you. It's like they're welcoming you home. They're welcoming you into the fold, into the family. They're celebrating with you. Right. You go into that water as one person, but you come out of it as a different person belonging to this group now. Right. Uh, I, I think there's some significance there. Yeah. That's kind of my pet peeve. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not going to, pet peeve may be too strong. It's my personal thinking. And I I would turn to scriptures to back up my thinking, but it's not a, it's not an issue I'm going to break fellowship over. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. If it's, if it's not uh, mandatory for salvation, they're still yeah. your brother or yeah. sister. We have sister churches here that do do baptism Sunday. Uh, they do go out to the lake and baptizing it's a big yearly deal for their church and right 
they have a good time with it. I'm not gonna. Yeah, because they're still they're part of us. They're yeah. still us. Yeah. They're still now. Part I of the family I will. I do want to interject this quickly. I do not like the whole set up a, a baptismal on Sunday and whoever wants to come down just come down. Yeah, yeah. I think there needs to be some discussion with the person to make sure they're really saved because you may be actually dunking someone that's not a believer. And they may be falsely assured then. Yeah, I got a falsely assured story. My uh, mother-in-law and my grandson were in the hot tub out in the backyard. And he was six years old, and he was thinking about salvation and getting saved, and he wanted to be saved and baptized. And and so my mother-in-law, sweet lady, <laughs> she said, well, I'll just baptize you right now. She dunked him. <laughs> and he thought that was it? So, uh, you know, a few uh, months later, maybe a year, and uh, he was talking about salvation, and I was trying to explain things to him. And it could have been Robin explaining to him, but, I mean, the story goes back and forth between us, so it's so familiar. Yeah. And he says, well, I've already been baptized. Nin, dunk, nin baptized me in the hot tub. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it was just kind of a funny story, but he he had that false assurance. Well, I think that principle exists on a probably more serious scale. Right, right. When nobody visits with the individual. Yeah. They, or witnesses their conversion. I mean, yeah, they may believe in Jesus, but they may not have put their faith and trust in Jesus before they were baptized. Or they may be trusting in their baptism. They may be thinking, as long as I go down there and get dunked, I'll be fine. Good. Huh? So I just think that's dangerous. So the second question, is there something spiritual going on? Or is it purely symbolic, purely physical? I would say yes. To which one? Both? You can't say yes to both. I think I have to say yes to both. Well, it can't be purely physical, symbolic. But there was a spiritual thing that happened in my life when I was baptized. And nothing new. I mean, I was already saved. I was already determined to follow Christ. But it strengthened that determination. So there was a an element of now I'm ready to move forward. It's almost like you get saved and then you get baptized and then you're ready to start growing in Christ and start moving in the direction he wants you to move. So it's there's a there's something growing in your in your heart. Yeah. And I, I would call that in some instances spiritual. But there's no extra spiritual benefit given to the person because they've been baptized. I I don't that know. Sense, yeah. I, I again, I'm going back to the last discussion, baptism as a means of grace. Yes, that's So, I think it does not unlock, that's not the right word, but I think it does allow the person to enjoy more of the graces of God. Okay. Once they're obedient in baptism. Otherwise, they're disobedient. I would think so, because, you know, that's what the Lord says. And we consider that the first step of obedience, uh, baptism after salvation. Well, yeah, one of them. I mean, I mean the first one may be repentance, but... 
Well, yeah, I, I mean, we, we, I think repentance and salvation are so linkedly close, so yeah. linked closely that, uh, and in salvation, I mean, baptism, of course, has to come later because we got to warm up the baptistry and <laughs> kill it. Well, and that's, that's part of my, and part of my point. I, you know, when there are a few instances when we read in Acts, when people ask, what do we do to be saved? And they're told to repent and be baptized. Yes, they are. I think the New Testament so links our baptism with our conversion that it, the apostles and writers have no problem saying that a response to conviction should be baptism. Not that baptism saves. We know the whole teaching of Scripture is clear on that. But right. that baptism rounds out our conversion. It's kind of the end cap of of God's salvific working. Right, right. Um, so you can have faith and you can repent, but that's kind of not completed until you publicly profess. So I'm not saying yeah, baptism is yeah. necessary for so sal- like Romans salvation. Romans 10, 9, that kind of a thing. What was that say? Uh for by grace you've been saved through faith. No, that's no, that's Galatians. Ephesians. Okay. Uh, uh, if you believe with your mouth and confess yeah, with your heart, yeah, yeah. I, There's because when you're confessing with your mouth, you're you're basically saying you're not hiding it. You're you're making a public profession of faith when you confess with your mouth. Right. That's that's what and I'm. And I think that's part of salvation too. Well, I'm not I'm not going to say baptism is necessary for salvation. Correct. But I am going to say baptism rounds out your salvation in the sense that you're enjoying it and living it to your fullest when you publicly identify with Christ through baptism. Right. So I do think there is some spiritual stuff going on. I think there's confidence. I think there's um, grace, strength. But you don't get any more of the Holy Spirit. No. You're not any cleaner. No. Because the... The blood of Jesus is what. I mean, you us may be sin. cleaner on the outside, but you're not. Well, yeah. I had a little smudge of dirt. Now I don't. Yeah. No, I don't think you're any more justified before God. Right. Or any more saved. I just think you're now a healthier Christian. Right. So. Because you've been obedient. Yeah. So there's benefit to being healthy versus unhealthy. Or not quite healthy yet. Yeah, I, I think that may be better, a better way to think about yeah. it. We have taken up all our time. Well, that's good. We've we've discussed baptism and the importance of it, and and what it means, and when it's done, and and we covered everything I want to cover. And we, I, I just, I would encourage someone, anyone who has not have been baptized yet and is a believer, follow it through. It's if, like, you know, you've you've tagged first. You you are a Christian. Yeah. But you just need to walk in obedience to God in every part of your life and that includes baptism. There's so much benefit and joy to baptism. And if you're unsure about your baptism, you should visit with your pastor. Yeah, um, I would think so. You know, that's when we interview people for membership, that's ninety percent of what people struggle with is when they were saved and is their baptism real. Yeah, we've had others like myself who were actually saved later in life than when they were baptized. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they, they have felt the need to be baptized again. Yeah. So, yeah, pursue it. If you're unsure about it, talk to your pastor about right. it. Find guidance. It's yeah. worth it's worth exploring. The baptism is a joy. Yep, it is. Well, we would love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so at doctrinedoxology.com. There you can find past episodes of our podcast, but also uh, ways that you can contribute to this ministry. Uh, I think for this whole year, every dollar dime given will go to a church plant in Wales to help um, them with some facility stuff. So um, if you want to be a part of that, you can just simply donate on that website or at that website, and that money will be transferred across the pond to the UK. Uh, Also, there are social media sites, all that kind of stuff. Make sure you like and follow and reach out. All right. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for your wonderful gift of salvation. We thank you for the love you've shown us and poured out upon us, unworthy people. Uh, Help us, Lord, uh, to turn and repent. Those who don't know you and don't know your Son as Savior, I just pray you uh, touch their heart, help them realize their need, and, and give them the faith to repent and believe. Um, we look for souls to be saved always and help us as we go through life to eagerly be looking for the opportunities to share your gospel. Uh, help us to walk in obedience and uh, we love you. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.